Blessed? Good? Worship was awesome, amen? So happy to be here with you guys. All our visitors, welcome to Grace and Love Church. If this is your first time, second time, third time, if it's your fifth time, then you're probably like part of the house already. So, But welcome to all our visitors. Yes, we love Jesus. Yes, we're crazy about Jesus. And no, we're not faking it. All right? So have you ever seen like a crazy guy driving down the 101 praising the Lord in his car? That's me. Okay? So I'm sure some of you maybe do that. I don't know. Maybe you're nuts like me about Jesus. But we just love him. And uh, we worship him. And he's real. He's like really real. And he wants to encounter you. He wants to love you. He wants you to experience him on a daily basis. He wants to show himself. And I got stories for you today. Man, you ready for some stories? They're in the Bible. They're not my own. I'm a good storyteller, but the Bible's way better. You ready? Let's pray really fast. Father, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your word in advance, God. We can't wait, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for always being, Lord, so good to us. And the good times and the bad times, whatever life throws at us, Lord, you're there and you're good and you get us through. So thank you, Lord. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start somewhere I wasn't going to start. You know how God does sometimes. Isaiah 53, famous chapter in the Bible that some of you may know, some of you may have read before. I'm not really going to give you any new information today. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is not to give you more information. But he wants to give you revelation of who he is. Amen? So turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screens. But you should have a Bible, at least on your phone. That's where I'm reading today on my phone. I know, it's different. But I still like the book Bible. Who likes the book Bible? That's good. You hear the pages flipping, you're like, oh, that's good, right? On here, it's just like you scroll. I'm, I get here faster, though. I get here faster. Isaiah 53, are you there? We're going to read uh, verse 1 through 11. You've heard this before, some of you. But the prophet is speaking here. He says, who has believed our report? It's a question. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of the dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. Listen to this. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he was born, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded 
for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, say by his stripes, we are, are healed. Amen? That's good. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, meaning to complain. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Amen. You got that? There's a gentleman that printed this chapter out, these verses that we read. He took off all the little numbers and made it into one big paragraph, and he passed it around the office at work. And then he asked his coworkers and said, who do you think this is talking about? Some people had never read this before. Uh, some people didn't even know this existed. And every single person said, it sounds like they're talking about Jesus Christ. Now, mind you, this was written hundreds of years before Jesus was around. This is called a prophecy. It was foretold about Jesus. Jesus was not around yet. He was not on the scene. But four, five hundred years before this was said about Jesus Christ. And the prophet says in the beginning, who will believe our report? See, the question is not about do we know that Jesus existed? People don't even use that argument anymore. Atheists don't use that argument anymore. That's an old argument. Why? Because historian after historian that don't believe in Jesus as God have said that he existed. That's an old argument. He existed. The question is not whether he existed or not anymore. The question is, do we believe the prophet? Do we believe Jesus and who he said he was? Do we believe him? See, that's the question of the century. That's the question of a lifetime. Do we believe who Jesus is? Amen? There's a couple things that stand out here for me. It says that he was wounded for our transgressions. Transgression is like when we break the law of God. We transgress against the law. It says that he was wounded for our transgressions. 
bruised for our iniquities. Iniquity is like evil sin, sin that you like did on purpose. Like you knew this is bad and I'm going to do it anyway. Iniquity. He was bruised for our iniquity. By his stripes, the Bible says, we are healed. By his stripes, the stripes that were on his back when they whipped him and skin came off his back. Those are the stripes that the Bible's talking about. And by those stripes, we are healed. It says he did not complain. He did not open his mouth to complain. He was silent. He went from prisoner to judged in one night. And one evening, they took him as prisoner. He was judged and then killed the next day. His grave was borrowed, the prophet said. It says that they, they put him in a grave with the wicked, a grave that didn't belong to him. And that came true. Someone actually let him borrow a grave. And then it says that he justified many. That he took upon all our sin and gave us justice. He gave us justification for the sins of the world, for our sins. I want to remind you, this is four or five hundred years before Jesus. And the prophet is saying, do you believe or, or who will believe this report? Who will believe this statement? Is there people on earth that will believe who this is? And what it is about. Another thing I notice is that he was wounded. He was bruised. His stripes. He took upon the sin. He justified many. The work of the cross being done by him and him alone. The work of salvation by him. Who will believe our report. God is good. The question is not whether he existed and died. It's do we believe who he said he was and is. If you can go with me to John 11. Now if you're, uh, if you're Grace and Love Church, you know we've, we've been here a few times, especially last month. John eleven twenty five. Let me know when you're there. Say amen really loud. All right. But before we read it, let me just tell you what's happening here. So there's these three siblings, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And they live together in this town called Bethany. Lazarus has been sick and they send word to Jesus, and Jesus says, he'll be fine, don't worry. So he gets there finally, but Lazarus is not okay, he's dead. And Martha comes to Jesus, and Martha says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. 
So she confronts Jesus and she says, you should have been here. You didn't do anything. And so then Jesus opens his mouth and every time Jesus opens his mouth, it's good. So in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And again, the question, do you believe this, Martha? See, Martha represents humanity. Are you with me? Martha represents humanity in this moment. And Martha's complaining about why Jesus was not there. Martha doesn't know Jesus that well. She knows about him. She's been around him, but doesn't know his heart. Doesn't know who he is. Martha has a lot of information in her head, but not a lot of revelation in her heart. So she doesn't know who Jesus is entirely. So Jesus has to explain it to her has to break it down for her and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe who I am? So we have a prophet 400 years before saying, do you believe our report? And now we have Jesus in the flesh, God in the flesh saying, do you believe me? That I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe me? And he breaks it down and explains what resurrection is. And he says, the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. That's resurrection. Dead things come to life in Jesus. And then he explains life. He says, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Eternal life is found in Jesus. Resurrection and life are found in Jesus Christ, in his person, amen? This should make you joyful and happy that if you're in Christ, you will live forever in him. Whether on this earth or in the next, in eternity, if you're in Christ, you will be in him forever. Because he didn't stay dead. Death did not conquer him, so death cannot conquer you when you are in Christ. So you live in Jesus, and you will forever live in Jesus. Isn't he good? Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Do you believe me? It's what he's saying. It's not, it's not a prophet anymore. It's Jesus himself now. Fulfilling what the prophet has foretold. I want to tell you about two statements that Jesus made on the cross. He made several, but just two today. Is that okay? Amen? As he's being taken... And being nailed to the cross, and he's essentially dying on the cross. I want you to picture this with me for just a few moments. He's on the cross, and he's bleeding 
He's been beat. He's been bruised. He's been pierced. He's been wounded. Everything we read in Isaiah. And he's hanging on the cross. And there's people at the cross at his feet. A couple of them are with him. Most of them are against him. Some of them are mocking him. Man, can you imagine this? This is Jesus Christ, the God, the God-man Jesus on the cross. And they're down there. His murderers are mocking him. And they're saying, if you're the Christ, if you're the Messiah, why don't you get down from there? Why don't you get down from the cross and save yourself? And one of the thieves says the same thing. Yeah, if you're the Christ, if you're so special, why don't you get down? And they're mocking him as he's dying. And not one religion, not not one religious figure has ever made a statement like this one. Now, people use it nowadays. Artists, politicians, people use it nowadays. But since that day, he was the originator of this statement as they're mocking him, as they're telling him to get down. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can you imagine as he's being killed, as blood is draining from his body, he still has the heart, like Kevin was saying, the love in his heart, the passion in his heart for humanity to say, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, forgiveness is like the most fundamental, foundational thing of the gospel. This is what the gospel is about. It is about forgiveness. And the Bible says, while we were still enemies, he died for us. So he's he's looking at his mockers, his murderers, the people that desire for him to die. And he says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. The question is not whether we believe that he existed. The question is whether we believe who he said he is. We believe, amen? The next statement is probably such an awesome statement. They were all good, but this this is one of my favorites. And it's the last one he makes as he's dying. And he says to the Father, he commends his spirit to the Father, and he says, Right at the end, it takes the last breath and says, it is finished. It is finished. The work of salvation is finished. Sin is finished. Death is finished. Bondage is finished. In that moment, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. It's not whether we believe if he existed. It's if we believe what he says and who he is. It is finished, he said. The work of salvation. Heaven came down to do the work of salvation for us. And now we do the work of the kingdom. Now that's ours to do the work of the kingdom. But the work of salvation was on Jesus. That's why he said it is finished. Let me tell you something, church. Let me tell you something very important. I need everyone's attention, please. Please. 
Let me tell you something very important. Some of you think, I got this on lock. I know this stuff. But I'm telling you, when you're going through something that's really rough, in that moment, this is what matters. That we believe Jesus and who he says he is. He is the resurrection and the life. And he is forgiveness and that it is finished. It is finished. How much, it's not, see, it's not about what you can do for salvation. You can't do anything. It's not about how many songs you can sing, how, how many candles you can light, how many prayers you can say. It's not about that. It's about Jesus and his work. Amen? Amen? The true God of heaven came down. And he said, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do the work. Again, I repeat, the question is not whether Jesus existed and died. The question is whether we believe who he says he is. I gave you four things so far. The prophet, his own words, three statements he made. I am the res resurrection and the life. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And it is finished. And Jesus takes his last breath. And his disciples scatter. Everyone's leaving. They're like, he died. Peter and the boys went to fish. They're like, the Messiah's dead. The, the teacher is dead. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go back to what we used to do. Because apparently I didn't really believe. I don't know if you've ever been there. When sometimes you feel like you don't trust God as much as you do. Because something happens in your life and all of a sudden, I don't know if I trust him all the way. Maybe it's just me. Maybe. No? Okay. The disciples scatter. And they're all scared. And they're all confused. And they're like, I thought he was real. I guess we messed up. Two of them are leaving Jerusalem. Everyone's doing their own thing. I think John was probably the only one like, I don't know, guys. But the ladies that were around Jesus, the women, they were special. You ever notice when you go to church, it's mostly women, like the majority? And then they're the ones that, we sh they're the ones that tell their husbands, we should tithe. And we should serve. <laughs> Secret in there, husbands. Go to John 20. If you've, if you've never been here um, or, or for a while, I urge you to listen to the podcast. Listen to a series we had called One Good Choice. And this will make... A lot more impact. It'll have a lot more impact. Those of you that were here for one good choice, this is the same Mary, John 20. Are you there? Now I'm going to read quite a bit, okay? Just to let you know, stay with me. I'm going to read the entire chapter, okay? Now you know. But we're going to get emotional, at least I am. <laughs> you there? 
Now on the first day of the week, Sunday, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. It was like four in the morning. She must have not been sleeping, guys. And saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, just a little secret here. The person he's talking about is the John, and he wrote this. So it's also kind of comical. So just look for the, the funny in this too. Where was I at? Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter, therefore, went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter. Some of you caught it. And came to the tomb first. He's saying, I got there first, guys, just so you guys know. And he... Stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. John didn't go in. He was like, I don't know if I should go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. Right away, he didn't wait. And he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first you missed it the first time, went in also. And he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. See, they didn't know. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Oh, man. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking She's opposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away, Jesus said to her. Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me or touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord. She's the first one to see him. Okay? And that he had spoken these things to her. And the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, they were gathered in a home. Hint. For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. Meaning he didn't open the door, he just appeared. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. 
Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, if you know anything about Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them this time. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, doubting Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. This is for you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let's just leave it there. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He's resurrected. Mary saw him first. Then she goes and tells Peter and John. John's writing this and says, guys, I got there first. I ran faster. But then Peter got there and he went in first. And then I went in after him because he's my leader. And then we, we saw the clothes there, but we saw nobody. And so we left and went to tell the other disciples. And Mary stayed there. And Mary was weeping and asking, where is the body? And there was a gardener there that she thought was the gardener. But it was actually Jesus. And Jesus speaks to her and says, Mary. And then Mary realizes why. Because she's been having a relationship with Jesus this whole time. She knows his voice. Knows who he is. recognizes him and says, teacher. And Jesus, because he's glorified and he has just died and resurrected and needs to go up to heaven and put the blood on the altar and, 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 and says to her, you can't touch me just yet, but go tell my disciples that I'm alive. Go tell my friends that I'm alive. So Mary runs, tells the disciples, Jesus is alive, becomes the first evangelist. Jesus is alive. They get together the same day. They stay in the house together waiting for Jesus somehow. I don't know. But they're just scared to go outside because they're believers in Christ. And if they go outside, they might get killed. So they stay inside and they somehow Jesus appears in the middle of them and says, peace be with you. Because that's scary. Right? You're with your friends. In your house, and Jesus just appears. He says, Peace be with you. So peace takes over the house. And then he says, Touch, look, 
They nailed me to the cross, but the nails didn't hold me back. They pierced me on the side, but the piercing didn't hold me back. I bled out. They put me in the grave. Touch. Look, touch me. I'm alive. Touch me. I'm alive. Can you imagine? I would have been like, uh, okay. Oh. Whew. Can, I, can I touch again, Lord? Oh, my God. He's real. <laughs> He's alive. And Thomas wasn't there. Coincidence? I don't know. And then they go tell Thomas. Thomas is the only one that's not there. He's Thomas. Listen, look, Thomas, look. We touched him. He's alive. He talks. Everything. It's like normal but better. And Mary saw him first, but I ran first. John's talking. I ran first, just so you know. And Thomas is like, nah, I don't believe you guys. Unless I touch him like you did, oh, you guys believe because you touched. But if I don't touch, I won't believe. And boom, Jesus appears again. He's like, peace be with you. Because it, it, again, it's scary. Peace be with you. So peace is in the house again. And now it's just Jesus and Thomas. The disciples move away. And Jesus says, Thomas, come and touch. You wanted to touch, right? Thomas goes and he touches. Probably apprehensive again, I don't know. But he touches. He says, Lord, my God. Meaning you're, you're real, you're alive. And Jesus says, because you have seen, you believe. That's okay. It's good. But blessed are those that will be at Grace and Love Church 2,000 years from today that believe, although they have not seen, blessed, happy are those, three times happy are those that believe but have not seen. That's you and I. He's alive. It's not whether he existed and died. It's whether he's alive and you believe who he says he is. So the question for you today, all of you and me, Jesus is asking, do you believe? Do you truly believe who I am? Do you truly believe in me? Would you follow me? Would you stop following other things and follow me? Would you follow me with your entire life? Would you follow me for I am alive? One thing I know, if you believe in Jesus, you're blessed. Because you probably have never seen him the way that they saw him. Let me read this statement and we'll end. Or maybe two statements, sorry. <laughs> The resurrection of Jesus changes the face of death for all his people. Death is no longer a prison, but a passage into God's presence. Resurrection says you can put truth in a grave, but it won't stay there. 
The Bible says in Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, it's not if I have information about Jesus. It's not if I've heard about him historically. It's if you believe that God raised him from the dead and that he is Lord. That's the key. Do you believe? Man, why don't you get on your feet today? Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.